Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Kate Fenske from CN Public Affairs, and joining me is Carrie Ann McKay, CN's Superintendent of Network Operations. Now, Carrie, an arbitration ruling in late January effectively ended grain vessel loading and in inclement weather for the time being in Vancouver. Before we talk about the impact to grain transportation, can you walk us through how grain is loaded in wet weather? Sure, Kate. There are two ways that grain could have been loaded to ships in the Port of Vancouver prior to this ruling when it's raining. Either a cargo hold could be tarped or grain could be loaded through feeder holes. Now, the vessel owners and operators must first give permission for loading to occur during these means. A vessel captain is required to sign off on bills of lading that the cargo has been shipped in good condition so that there could be a reluctance on the part of some of the owners to allow loading in the rain and a vessel captain could refuse to load if he or she had any concerns. Feeder holes are simply specially constructed openings in cargo hold hatch covers through which most bulk loading spouts can be placed without having to have the cargo hold open. The loading speed isn't as fast compared to pouring into an open cargo, but when it's raining and you're dealing with a weather-working cargo like grain, every little bit helps. If a terminal is tight on space and the rain is socked in for a long stretch, the terminal can plug up, and that has real impact on the grain supply chain upstream. So right now, because of the arbitration ruling, if there's wet weather in Vancouver, some grain simply can't be loaded. What challenges do you face in the supply chain when this happens? The costs of disrupting the supply chain can really add up pretty quickly. These costs can include exhausting train crew availability, congesting corridors by stopping grain cars in areas that are used for other purposes, increasing the reporting requirements, having to duplicate workload performed on cars, including the inspections on rail cars, removing or bringing crews to and from locations that are not set up for easy crew trade-offs, or as well, having those cars and locomotives tied up on a train that is stopped unavailable to serve another customer. Essentially, what it does is it causes a disruption and a recovery to the supply chain that can easily impact other supply chains of the railway. Carrie, appreciating that CN, we've, we've had our own operational challenges this year, along with a strong uptick in overall demand for capacity. What have results looked like on the grain front for CN in Vancouver? Well, through the first half of the crop year, CN's overall carload volume into Vancouver is the same as last year. Some customers that projected priority car supply through commercial car supply agreements have seen stronger CN unloads versus last crop year in Vancouver. Crop year to date overall grain exports through Vancouver terminals are up slightly versus last year. The situation in Prince Rupert is actually different. CN performance in this corridor has not met historical standards or customers' expectations. It's important to note that for the most part, customers have not been protecting their car supply to Prince Rupert through contractual commitments. This focus really seems to be on Vancouver. So, Carrie, where is your focus heading into the next few weeks? My team establishes and commits the grain plan. We look at our plan daily. We communicate changes that need to occur to meet the plan, maintain fluidity in our network, as well as our customers or other supply chain partners. Thanks for your time, Carrie, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.